Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Man, am I excited. The weather is super awesome right here in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. And no matter when you're listening to this, um, I just want you to know thank you so much for pausing life and for tuning in again. And maybe this is your first time. So like, perhaps you just found out what podcast and the internet is. I mean, you know, because the show has been around forever. And if you're just now listening to it, Uh, I'm sure there's a good excuse. I mean, reason, I mean, reason that you haven't listened, but man, thank you so much for tuning in. And today of all shows, you are in for a special treat because we have a new best friend of the show and she is going to bring some really awesome value to our listeners. Uh, Solution from the Huddle is powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. It's all about personal development and professional growth. So if you want to get a little further in life, uh, this is the show. And if you want to really get further, this is where you like pause, rewind, Keep listening to all the cool stuff that our guest is going to tell you today. It will change your life. Before we introduce our guest, though, we always start every show the exact same way. We'll do it this time, too. Uh, And that's in prayer. So here we go. Lord, we just ask that you bless the show, uh, the sponsors, the partners, uh, our guests, just every single part of it. And let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Okay, friends, check it out. So today, uh, my new best friend of the whole world, do not tell any other past guests, okay? But Tiffany Moore is on the program uh, with us today. And after more than 10 years of working full-time in the nonprofit world, uh, she was a little tired of being restricted on the when and the how and the where that work could be done. So she ventured out and started her own endeavor. And today, she is fiercely passionate about bringing change to the world and helping to bridge uh, the gap in the entrepreneurial space. So a coach, a human rights activist, uh, a consultant, and, and, and again, a best friend of the show now, Tiffany Moore. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be so cool. So, Tiffany, I got to look at your bio and and, and learn a little bit about you, right? And and I've already checked out the uh, Humanitarian Entrepreneur website that you've put together. Um, but I know that all the listeners are probably just now finding out, um, or at least our audience, some of them may not already know. But tell us your story. Like, give me the walkthrough of where you came from. I always ask this question on the show when you were super, super, super little, like most of us as kids, we said that we wanted to be like firemen or we wanted to be superheroes. (laughs) Like most (laughs) of us don't say, I want to do whatever the heck it is when we get older. Right. Like (laughs) give us the story of where you started and like how you came to be the person that we're interviewing today. Uh, And then I have a million more questions after that, but we'll start there. Okay. So I'm actually from a very small town in Georgia, Albany, very rural, very, very tiny. Um, And I knew what I wanted to do, but I wasn't able to articulate it in the way that you're saying, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a superhero. (laughs) I, I was never able to really articulate that. And that was something that I really, really struggled with throughout school. So what I ended up doing was really following, okay, this feels right to me. Um, this, this course of study, this, this book, this, 
um, whatever it is, this this song, whatever felt right to me, that's what I I had really gravitated towards. And I know that is contrary to what everyone else in pretty much the world is telling you, um, <laughs> because everyone's saying, well, you know, what are you going to do with that degree? Well, what are you going to do with that? And that you know, was kind of in the back of my mind, but I'm like, it's okay, I'll figure it out. And so then I entered into the the world of working. I had done my undergrad and I, I was burnt out. I, I needed time. I was working full time. I was going to school full time and I needed a break before going to grad school. So I jumped into working and I was like, okay, well, this career, it's fantastic, but it's just going to get me through grad school. And then grad school happened and just like everyone was like, why are you studying that? You're never going to be able to work. So everyone really started to get in my head and mm. that's horrible. People don't let that happen. Yes. <laughs> so I got to a point where I had just been burning the candle at both ends. I was physically drained. I was so sick that I really thought I was going to have to go out in disability. It had just gotten to a point where I was wow. just so, so burnt out mentally, physically, everything. I didn't know what to do. So I really started to explore the areas that I had neglected because I let people get into my head of, okay, well, where do I go from here? And really starting to tune in again and try to figure out, okay, well, what can I do? And so divine intervention, everything happens for a reason. Um, I, had, I had tried some different adventure or um, avenues for entrepreneurial work didn't work. That's okay. Um, I was like, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just get a job. It's fine. And everything will be fine once I get a job. So then there was this position that I was like, oh, I'm so going to get this. This is, this is great. I've got this. Then I get the email. So sorry. We loved you, but you weren't right for this position. However, and that however changed everything. That's when the freelance and the consulting work really started. They said, we, we, don't think you're necessarily great for this, but we have this consulting position that we're just opening up that we think that you are going to be perfect for. And that's how everything started. I, I knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. It wasn't working out before. It was all in the timing. All those mm. little steps that I was listening to in my insides, it was all leading me up to this. And it's all when it was supposed to happen. Man, I, you know, if you're listening to the show right now, you're if you're like me, you're probably either jotting down. If you're driving, don't do anything but listen. Okay. I was have to remind <laughs> you. <of> that. <laughs> but but um, but but if like I just wrote down however changed everything. Like, so if you're like me, folks, you may be thinking, like, what's my however moment? Right. And maybe you're thinking about a few of your higher however moments. Um, or maybe you're going, gosh, I wish I would have one. How does somebody that's listening right now? Um, Tiffany, how do they identify their however moment? Because I'm sure there's times where it's like not the however moment, right? Like mm -hmm. where it's not like this was a crossroads for me. Uh, it was just indigestion. Right? <laughs> like, 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 I mean, sometimes I get a little irritated because people are like, oh my God, this is it. Or this mm -hmm. is the moment. Like it can't, every moment can't be the moment and every relationship yeah. ain't the, ain't the person and every, every feels ain't the feel. And so how do we identify that crossroads like you were able to know this is it for me and then it turned out to be accurate how does how does the audience right now look for it seek it mm -hmm. identify it and be sure of it and if you're in that place trust me i know it's like okay well when is this going to change because that happened for me for years and years and years and it was just okay when is it going to be different and 
the biggest thing for me was really just trusting, trusting God, trusting the process, trusting that I'm on the right path. As long as I'm listening to that inner guidance, it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Yes, I know that is not the magic answer we want to hear. However, there are those little steps that you can take. And one of the things that's on, as you've seen my website, um, there is a downloadable PDF for those that are trying to clarify their passion and really try to take those little steps. So that is one course, but it that however moment may come in the next hour, it may come next week, but it may not come for another two years. Mm. And it's in that stillness and being okay with that, that everything is going to unfold. It's really just mm. knowing that this is going to happen. This is what I'm supposed to do. I know this in my bones, mm. but just trusting that it's going to unfold when it's supposed to unfold. So, you know, I've seen a few folks have a pretty challenging life mm -hmm. and it wasn't because they never got a good card to play. Mm -hmm. It's just when they got the good card, they didn't play it. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so I talk a little bit about if it, if we're not ready for it, right. If mm -hmm. we're trusting it bubbles up from the bottom to the surface is what I kind of just heard you say, like trust it, yeah. believe it. And it'll go from the, the bottom of the lake. It'll bubble up to the top. It'll, it'll yeah. come up here to where you're at. But like, what if we're not ready for it or, or, or what if we still don't play the good card when we get it? Right. And then like, right. sometimes people later on complain like, Oh, it didn't happen for me or nothing ever good. Like I hear I'm just not lucky. And like, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, well, wait a minute, you got an ACE two weeks ago, but you folded, like you didn't yes. play that hand. So yes. I get that you get a lot of bad hands, but when you get a good hand, you got to play it. Right. So talk a little bit about that too. Cause I know that's a part of it. Right. And that's something that I really try to work with people on because mm. I was taking all the business courses. I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. I just don't, you know, my undergrad was in sociology. My graduate work was in global gender studies. Like, I mean, and this is again, why people are like, what are you going to do with that? Um, <laughs> so then I was taking the business courses because my thought was, okay, well, I just don't know business. That's, that's what it is. I just need to take that. And you can take all the business courses you want, but until you do the inner work, nothing's going to shift. So if you don't oh. work on overcoming that fear of judgment, overcoming all that um, scarcity mindset, overcoming those yes. issues of self-worth, nothing's going to change. So when you get that ace, if you don't, haven't done that inner work, then it's, it's not going to unfold for you. Yeah. You're not going to play it, right? The confidence right. isn't there. You know, I, I tell folks all the time, you know, in, in the business coaching stuff that like, they're like, Hey, let's grow the business. And I go, well, let's grow you. Right. Yes. Like, cause, cause like, if you can't handle what it is that God's going to put in your book bag, right. Cause you just, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be heavy and be, it's like, but, but you can care, like if you condition, if you're prepared and if you're ready, but like, I can't imagine a loving caring, whether you believe in God or you believe in whatever, but mm -hmm. I can't imagine anything that cares about another thing overburdening that thing. Right. And so like your, your opportunity could end up being like a heavy weight that you can't hold if you're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. And to, to your point, Tiffany, if you don't have that inner work done, you're just not going to have the confidence to even pick up the book bag, right? That's scary. Um, you talk about helping people, you know, uh, kind of clarify their passion, right? Mm -hmm. I think you, you, your words are leverage your passion to change the world. Mm -hmm. How does somebody identify 
their passion, especially in a world. And this is really, I want to word this right because it's so important. And I want to write down what you say. In, in this world we live in today, more than at any time in human history, we have more access to stuff. I mean, we can ask Siri and Alexa everything. In fact, sometimes those two won't leave me alone. It's a little annoying. But like because we have access to everything, we do more things. And because mm-hmm. we do more things, like everything's awesome, right? Like, so right. I, it's kind of hard to be like, this is my passion when I have 473 <laughs> passions. How does somebody like narrow it down and figure out like, this is my passion that's actually going to help me leverage my skills and, and grow in the world? How do we do that, man? It's noisy. It's scary. It's distracting. Help us, Tiffany. And I know that this is not going to be a, a, a popular answer because- it's, it's not a quick fix, but it's really listening to what's inside and turning mm. things off and quieting so that you can hear that inner voice. And this is exactly why I work with um, social workers and, and nonprofit staff, because there's it is absolutely draining in, in this field. And there's so much conditioning that has happened throughout school, throughout work, th- like throughout the course of the work, the clients you're working with, that it just, it's so overwhelming. You become so, so, so defeated. So there comes that negative self-talk. Yeah. When you can't, um, when you can't tune it out, you're not going to be able to figure out this is my passion. And mm. it's, it's hard when there is, there's everybody demanding your attention. And especially in this field, I mean, you're working so much and it's, um, you have high caseloads and it's just, it's absolutely draining that it's like, well, where am I going to get that minute? Which is why I understand why we're back. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear something else. I want to hear a magic pill. Yeah. But that magic pill isn't there. This is something that you need to do. You need to, even if it's just five minutes, which is why I have um, meditations for um, my, my audience and my clients, because there needs to be that, even if it's just five minutes, just starting there, just being able to, okay, breathe and just listen, mm. listen to what's inside me. You know, I think that's excellent advice. And I think it, never before have we needed to hear that and maybe do more than hear it, but put it into action because yes. you're, it's so noisy. It's so loud. It's so distracting. Um, and you say that, you know, I, I, on your website, I noticed it says for your passion, you use the question, what lights you up? Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas trees don't really look that cool until you light, till you turn the light on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so like mm-hmm. you can put as much decoration uh, as, as many, uh, you know, you can have as much swag <laughs> and, fa- and, fa- and fancy clothing or, or, you know, on the tree, all the tinsel and all the, but, but it's like, man, there's something really special. I can tell you in my house when it's nighttime uh, during Christmas time and, uh, and the glow of the tree, man, cause it it's lit up. So I love how you said for your passion, like you asked the question, you challenge the audience, what lights you up? Um, so Tiffany, I think you've already kind of started to tell us, but uh, w- what lights you up the most about what you're doing in your business and how can someone glean um, what lights them up through that? I think the biggest thing for me was the connection. Um, I worked for um, many years in the criminal justice system, working one-on-one with clients. And I absolutely loved that. It's that connection. It's the marginalized communities that 
everyone has turned a blind eye, especially when it comes to the criminal justice system. There's a lot of stigma. And just being able to sit and say, I hear you. I am here to help you. You're not alone in this. That's what really, really lights me up is being able Mm. to have that connection with someone. And that's why I had struggled with trying to find other entrepreneurial ventures, because as you go through the internet, there's so many other options that you can choose drop shipping and like this and that and all this stuff. And it's for me, what was missing was that connection. I needed to be Mm. able to connect with, with clients and with people and So that's something that was why I was struggling for so long is how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And trying to find people that understood what I was saying. So that's really what makes my soul saying, this is why I'm here on this earth. Yeah. So when we find out what lights us up, the, the next thing you talk about is you say, how do you envision making the world a little better? Like, mm-hmm. I love how that, that question is proposed. And as a coach myself, like all I do is ask questions all day. So, <laughs> so like when I see somebody convey insight through the art of asking questions, it just, it, it's, it li- literally lights me up. I just, I don't think there's a better <laughs> communication tool on the planet than mm-hmm. to ask each other questions. Cause like, I actually care about what you have to say and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeking. Right. And so I, it really, it really gets me excited, but the, the question you, you finished your, your section on passion, um, it really invokes this spirit of others focused, right? It, it kills selfishness. If I'm trying to identify my passion, according mm-hmm. to you, it says, you got to ask yourself what lights you up. Mm-hmm. And then you have to say, how do I envision making the world better? If that doesn't like drop kick your selfishness, <laughs> I love, I love that question. Like the only way I can answer it is I have to stop being all about me for a minute, even yeah. though it's all about my passion, which, which right. is such a beautiful way that you've, you've uh, I, I'm sure it very intentionally struck the question. Um, how, how do we, how do we find out how to make use the word little, which is my favorite word actually right there, because a lot of folks in the nonprofit world get burnt out, right? I know this, you know, this, um, in fact, even in the for-profit, a lot of people go into work, punching time clocks are getting burnt out. And you said like, how can you make the world just a little better? Mm -hmm. Right? Like not overwhelm, kill yourself. Right. (laughs) Right. Talk about that for a minute. Like how do we get people to in moderation (laughs) to, to yeah. be others focused so that they don't be super others focused for a week and then say, screw this. I'm going to go back to being all about me. Right. <laughs> Cause that happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, especially when you go into your, your, um, schooling or starting work in, especially in this humanitarian type field, you want to change the world. You want to make it better. You want to have that big impact. So that's why I use that word little of scaling it back. And Mm. really you, you don't need to save the world. You don't need to do this huge, you know, (laughs) thing that, I mean, I know that it's in you and I, I, I hear that and I feel that and I respect that. But this is, this is the thing is even if you just smile to one person on the street who's having mm, a bad day. That's good. You know, you don't know the impact that you've had in your and their life and yeah. how that ripples through. So Come it's on. those little things. It's those little steps, little things, little actions that really make all the impact. That's how you make that large, massive impact mm. in the world. 
That's big. I like that. Um, we're going to take just the smallest break for a moment. On the other side, though, Tiffany, I want to ask you about the the other elements that you talk about with the humanitarian approach, right? Your passion, but the other ones are success plans, your uniqueness, and then you say guilt and shame around money. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to talk about those three. So right on the other side of this, those are the questions, right? That's the cheat sheet because I'm about to hit you with those. Um <laughs> I, I know you got the answers though. Hey, real quick, friends, uh, if you're listening to the show, we just try to pause in the middle here every single time because we want to just say thank you so much to the the brands, the entities, the businesses um, that decided to say, hey, we support and we sponsor the show. We think it's great. The premise of personal development, professional growth, and advancing others through a free mechanism like this show, we're all in on that. How cool is that, right? Um, and so you want to talk about companies that are others focused that care about development. Uh, these are some of the companies doing that, right? So we've got MS Digital Solutions, Easy Living Technologies. We've got Shepherd Law. We've got Grease Monkey. We've got Novant Health. Listen, there's a lot, right? If you go to team-csg.com, that's team-csg.com. Click on the Solutions from the Huddle tab and check out these sponsors. Any one of their logos are clickable. So you'll be able to go directly to their website and learn more about them. And when you do that, you'll see why in the world I'm comfortable standing next to their brand. Okay, we're talking with Tiffany Moore right here on Solutions from the Huddle. And uh, and and she is a wonderful entrepreneur. The Humanitarian Entrepreneur is her website. Before the show's over, she's going to give us websites and emails, addresses, and all the ways that you can connect with her uh, as she is a coach and a consultant and somebody that's changing the world for the better. We're talking about the humanitarian approach. And we've got an expert here. Uh, we we kind of talked about your passion before the break. Tiffany, tell us a little bit about the next step here. You talk about a success plan, right? Thinking creatively outside of the box and drafting specific business plans for our success. I know that a lot of folks get in the car and start driving before they know where the hell they're even going, right? This is, <laughs> right. it's insane to me how many people go grocery shopping without a grocery list. I don't understand <laughs> how we don't have plans. We don't have growth plans. We don't have marketing plans. We don't have business plans, but by God, we want to be successful, right? Like it's, right. It, it is a little bizarre to me. And I love that you made this such a pillar in, in your humanitarian approach. How in the world do we uh, unpack that in a way that's effective? and efficient for our lives. So one of the things that's really coming up first is um, what you had said about little. And so one of the ways of making this little steps towards that is really instead of, okay, next year, this is where I want to be. Well, let's chunk that down into quarterly because if you are not doing smaller actions, then you're not going to get into that Mm. where you want to be at the end of the year um, or next year. Quarterly at least has you on track, but the thinking outside the box is really um, when I had gotten let people get into my head of oh this is what you should be doing because well this is all the background you have and because again I don't know what you're going to do with your degree um, but this is where you should be going because so many people said I should be an attorney I mean that's all I heard all day long every day and I took my LSATs let me tell you this so I took <laughs> my LSATs and I sat in the car after going what was I thinking? I didn't want to be an attorney. Why did I go through all this? And that is not a quick exam. Let me tell you, I don't know why. (laughs) But it's really thinking outside the box. And again, going within and, okay, well, what lights me up? Even if it's something small, like, um, I don't know, flowers. Okay, well, 
all right, how can I connect that? And just listening to those little, little things and keeping track and then really starting to create a plan. Okay, well, I like flowers. Um, I could do gardening or I could do all these things. I could um, have seed packets for people to sell. I mean, there's so many different opportunities, but not being constrained to, well, this isn't what I've been told my whole life. This isn't what is the traditional path. Having that permission to know that it's okay to veer off. I mean, that's what, you know, these, these great thinkers and great entrepreneurs have done is thought differently and it's okay, Mm. but it's tough when you're surrounded by people who are like, why are you doing that? Why would you do that? What are you going to do? What happens when you fail? And that's one of the big things that I also talk about is failure and reshaping that as your success is guaranteed. Failure is just a um, way of guiding you to, okay, well, it didn't work out this time, but this is the lesson that I learned so that I can Mm. get back on the path. So really mapping things out, but listening to well, this is, you may get things in little little segments, little um, uh, breadcrumbs, and that's okay. And just keeping track of that and really starting to form your, your path that way. Yeah. So once we identify our passion, you say probably then and only then can we map it out, right? Then we can be yeah. su- create a success plan. Like, and that makes all the sense in the world. If the main ingredient of marinara sauce is tomatoes, right? Our passion, like how do you start making marinara sauce if you're lacking tomatoes? Right. And so that makes sense. So you've got the tomato. Now you, you start mapping out how you're going to make it. The next thing you talk about is your uniqueness. And, and you kind of touched on it a little bit right there about how the most successful people thought differently and that was okay. Like, so a uniqueness of being not in the status quo, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of already told us a little bit about limiting beliefs. And I feel like a lot of folks talk about limiting beliefs. So just for the, uh, the amount of time we have, instead of you talking about that, you say this other thing with relative to your uniqueness, you talk about eliminating Uh self-sabotage. I am so excited to hear your thoughts on that because, (laughs) because I'm a sports person and solutions Mm -hmm. from the huddle. We started off this, uh, this show uh, as a radio show on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of have an affection and being a coach, like I love sports. And so talk a little bit about that. Cause I used to tell folks all the time, like, like if you don't make errors, right. Not that we can't make mistakes, but self-induced, you you know, Mm -hmm. you drop the ball, uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it easier to beat the other team. <laughs> like, right. like, like they're be trying to go after you. And then if you also go after yourself, then yeah. it's like two on one. So like, can you unpack eliminating self-sabotage? What is self-sabotage and how in the world do we stop doing it? So self-sabotage is often you don't realize that you're doing it. You blame it on somebody else or something else. Mm. So prime example for me, how I self-sabotaged for a long time is I hate, loathe, and despise social media and technology in general. I am horrible, (laughs) don't know, don't understand. I can turn on my computer. But that was the whole thing of how am I going to run a business? How am I, especially remotely when there's all these moving parts, how am I supposed to do this when I can't do technology? I have no idea. 
that's when I had to realize, okay, well, there are people who love doing this and who are willing to do this. And that's when I really had to trust myself to have a team and be able to, to manage that. So it's all these little things that happen that we don't even necessarily realize that we're doing. We blame Mm. it on others and other circumstances and all these other things. But again, going back to being quiet of, no, 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 I'm just putting roadblocks in my way because there is a way around this. I'm putting Mm. this roadblock here. Like with the technology, I can have somebody else do this for me. Um, So it's really trusting your inner guidance and really getting quiet again. Yeah. You know, I think that when you talk about pausing for reflection and and pausing for, um, I wrote down here, you said, you know, kind of turn off the world (laughs) and have some quiet time. Um, you know, personal, uh, uh, awareness is, it sounds like is a a common denominator in a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. And, and if we don't pause, it's not like someone else in the world's going to be like, Hey, let me stop everything for you. So you can have some time. (laughs) Right. Right. Like I, like they don't do it for themselves. They're not doing it for us. Like we have to kind of take responsibility and say, Mm -hmm. uh, not only do I deserve, but it's, I need this five minutes. Right. Um, yeah, I love it. Okay. Here's the last thing that you talk about in the humanitarian approach, guilt and shame around money. Um, you know, I, I'm so interested to hear what you have to say because, um, being a person who has been in the nonprofit sector and has been in, in, uh, church. And so therefore like ministry and stuff like that, this is a thing. I don't see this as much with entrepreneurs in the, in the for-profit, uh, mm-hmm. they, they're okay with a markup, right? Cause, <laughs> yeah. cause capitalism says, uh, if I don't make any money, I can't hire people. Like, so, right. I mean, I think that business, most businesses get this, but nonprofits and people that are generous and givers and, 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 and maybe volunteer a lot, mm-hmm. like sometimes they get really weird about this. They have lots of guilt and shame around God forbid I make money. Like I better not be rich. Right. Um, and so I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Cause I'm, I'm going to probably fill up a page of notes here. Go. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I've talked so often with con- um, in consulting positions about is, well, we're, you know, we're overworked and we, we just have so much to do and all these things. And well, yeah, because you're, you're only looking at the budget that you have. And if you're not paying the people what they like if you're not hiring the experts, then of course you're not going to grow to where you want to grow. And I understand this is like so different than everything that's been told. And especially the the, the thought of, well, you know, there are so many people that are suffering in the world. And how am I supposed to justify having money? But the problem is that, especially in like the nonprofit consulting world, when you're not hiring the people, you're not getting to where you need to be uh, to grow, to be able to help those people so that you're trying to help or animals or the environment, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. It, money is just a tool. It is just energy. And if mm-hmm. you're just giving away everything for free, no mm-hmm. one's valuing it. And Come that's on, what people aren't understanding is that when you're just giving everything away for free, no one's actually valuing it. I mean, just think about it. When you've had these free courses or free things, are you actually investing the time? Oh no, no, it's free. I mean, it's not, I'm not, you know, wasting anything. I didn't put any skin in the game. But yeah. when you 
are in university or, you know, something that you've spent thousands of dollars on, you bet you're showing up and paying attention and putting the energy in. And so that's really trying to deprogram everything in the nonprofit world that we've been told for so many years. Yeah. And then it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And like, um, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert on every belief or faith system, but I mean, I know that, you know, um, my Bible says like, you know, I want you to be the lender, not the borrower. I want, like, I want your cup to overflow. I think this is probably true in most points of faith and belief that like this idea that I want you yourself to starve. I, I just, I don't know that that's the agenda of any uh, of any situation. And so I love that. And in fact, even for some of our entrepreneurs, our for-profit business owners that are listening, mm-hmm. most of them, most of them do get it. But I think that, you know, we're always in this race to the bottom, Tiffany, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say, well, I don't care Walmart. Um, so like the idea that like, yeah. let's all just be the cheapest price. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of innovation features and benefits, this is why Amazon dominates the marketplace because it's like another, I don't know about you, Tiffany, but I, I literally have 75 Amazon boxes every day. They just show up like it's Christmas. And I think that when companies say, wait a minute, we're not going to just give it away. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just have a race to the bottom of who could be the cheapest, mm-hmm. lowest price. No, we want to charge more because I want to hire more people. I want to give raises to my people. I want to invest in their growth and development. I, and so here's how I can justify charging more and being and, and making more money. Uh, I don't know, come up with more features and benefits, more innovation, more creativity, right? Provide better customer experience. And so this idea of I can't make money, we even see this in the for-profit world, right? Like yeah. let's charge nothing <clears throat> just so that we they'll come in the door. And yes, there's some marketing advantages to a free coaching strategy session. I do that in my business, but I think that um, I'd love to hear your input, Tiffany, on how even the for-profit world mm-hmm. um, should really look at and maybe explore this idea of, you know, it's okay to charge so long as you can, when value exceeds price. And so give more value. Don't just lower the price point. Like I think humans say, I need more. I want more. I'll pay, but just, I just don't want to pay more and not get anything in return. Am I crazy or am I on the track here? No, absolutely. And that's the thing is people don't realize that the secret to getting more money for those of you that are actually looking for, I, I need more money. I want more money. I mean, even if it's just, I need to make sure that I can make my car payment next month. Yeah, yeah. The, the secret is exactly what you said, is mm. giving to the world, putting that value out. And people don't realize, oh no, that's so simple. No, it's true. When you are giving that value to the world, people feel compelled to pay yeah. you back. It's an energy exchange and people don't mm. understand that. And when you are trying to go to the bottom of the barrel, you're going to attract that level of client and mm, they're going to be much more on. of a problem for you than when you set the bar higher. And those that are saying, no, I want more. I want to work with you. What does it take? And they're going to be the ones that are most coachable, most teachable, most wanting to really improve themselves. And that's what you are doing to help. You're helping another person and that ripple effect and all those that they're going, their lives that they're going to touch. So it's, it's not this horrible, horrible thing that's been done. Money is not this yeah. horrible, horrible thing. It's a, yeah. an energetic exchange. 
Yeah. I mean, I love that. Uh, pr- Tiffany's preaching now. I don't know if y'all can tell, but um, <laughs> talking my language. Um, no, I love the idea, Tiffany, of saying, hey, you know what? Um, profit's not a four letter word. Yeah. Making money is not evil. Um, you know, if I have the right intent, if I have the right agenda, if I execute with the profits and money in a way uh, that's loving and kind, that 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 breathes air into the balloon of of equality and equity and and hope, like if that's the if that's the agenda, there's nothing wrong with with making money. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see for-profit companies make more. Pro- I'm okay if they make more money off of me, so long as the value is exceeding the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the nonprofit sector. You know, uh, I, I know this is true in my experiences. If you leverage the weight of your business on your volunteers in, in a way that's not balanced and fair, you'll break their backs. Mm-hmm. And if they're the only ones carrying the cart, when their backs break, I just wonder how we move the cart. Absolutely. I, I really hope that people heard that because that's something that I constantly, constantly talk about. Well, we don't yeah. have the money. We don't have the money. Let's rely on the volunteers. Let's rely on the interns. Yeah. And it's just, it's a broken system. You know, I used to, early in my coaching and speaking career, I used to get every church and charity on the planet would say, will you come talk for free? Will you coach for free? <laughs> and I, of course, was like, yeah, of, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Not because I wasn't busy and not because I was trying to get, you know, uh, you know, build a brand. I, I was already doing great. Um, I just like love and care and like mm-hmm. want to make a difference. And I felt right. guilty. And I was like, oh, I can't tell this, mm-hmm. this church now. I can't. And then I said, wait a minute, <laughs> the coach I pay money to every month is telling me I am doing the wrong thing. Right. And so I said, I can't be someone else's coach and give advice and hope that they're going to follow it. But then I don't follow the advice of those that I'm paying for. And so mm-hmm. it was like, you know what? I need to carve out, here's how many pro bonos I'm going to do per year. Yes. These are the causes that matter the most to me. Mm-hmm. And, and each of them get one bullet, one shot in the gun. I, I can't have an endless round of, of bullets because I will run out and not be able to perform for those that do pay me. And here's the biggest thing that I was taught. And I, I want to know if you agree with this or not. If I do something for free for, for one person, but another person pays, Mm-hmm. Isn't that somewhat, it, don't we start getting into a moral ethical conflict? Uh, if I did it, if one charity paid, but then I don't right. charge three other charities right. and that kind of now all of a sudden I've put myself at a, at a moral uh, and ethical crossroads. It's not very yeah. good. Am I yeah. right? I, I agree. I agree. I absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So folks, this is why you need to pay for Tiffany. Don't, don't be trying to get <laughs> Tiffany for free. Don't do that. Listen, you want to change the world on your own terms. You got to get with somebody that's going to help you make a big difference in your own life so that you can make a big difference in this world. That's what I believe. Uh, Leverage your passion to change the world on your own terms. Uh, It's humanitarian-entrepreneur.com. Is that right, Tiffany? It is. I know the spelling. I don't make things easy for people. Yeah. (laughs) So if you folks will get your thesaurus and then go to the (laughs) internet. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Tell everybody, what is the offer? What is the PDF you mentioned? What's the website? What's the email addresses? Uh, Help folks continue the conversation beyond our episode as we come to a close. Absolutely. So at humanitarian-entrepreneur.com, there is a downloadable PDF. And that is really looking at being able to leverage your passion 
um, to change the world on your own terms, getting you started, getting those little steps to really help to provide you some clarity. Um, if you'd like to contact me directly, my email is tiffany at humanitarian-entrepreneur.com. I'm also um, at Instagram with humanitarian entrepreneur, um, as well as on LinkedIn. And that's all because, you know, I hate social media. So yes. <laughs> you're lucky I even got those two. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I hope folks will connect with you. And Tiffany, I hope that you'll come back and be a part of the show in the future. I would love to. Absolutely. This has been great. Thank you. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.